0: Verse 21, the Lord said to Moses in chapter 4, When you go back to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders which I have put in your power, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I said to you, Let my son go, that he may serve me, but you have refused to let him go. Behold, I will kill your son, your firstborn. Now, it came about at the lodging place on the way... That the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. Then Zipporah took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and threw it at Moses' feet, and she said, You are indeed a bridegroom of blood to me. So he left him alone. At that time she said, You are a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. I, I want to
1: point out, before we get into all the reasons this is confusing, Yes. I want to point out that if you go all the way back to like taking out all of the things that are trying to make it easier for you to understand what's going on, Yes. at the lodging place on the way, the Lord met him and was about to kill him, but Zipporah took a knife and cut off her son's foreskin and touched his feet with it, saying, surely you are a word that's almost never used, and could mean bridegroom or other kinds of relatives, of blood to me. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, but is there a single clear reference in the entire passage?
0: No. 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 No is the correct answer. So this is why this is the first explicit episode of this because we are going to have to talk, uh, not 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 dance around the subject, but actually talk about the fact that um, mm-hmm. there, there's just some, there's, the why why why. Why was God seeking to kill Moses? Why was the answer for Zipporah to find a sharp rock and cut off the foreskin on her baby child? And why was the, 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 the final part of this equation to put said foreskin onto Moses' air quotes feet? Wait,
1: what do you mean air quotes feet?
0: Well, Andy... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I learned in college because this is where you learn inappropriate things, that <laughs> when or in often, church if you listen to this podcast. <laughs> that oftentimes, when you read in the Bible the word "foot," that it is sometimes a substitutionary word for male genitals, um, which makes reading the Book of Ruth really entertaining. Um, really entertaining. But in any case, um. So Zipporah <clears throat> cut off the foreskin of their uh, as yet un- uncircumcised child and put it either onto the place where Moses walked or onto the place where Moses peed. Or and onto
1: his, son- or onto her son's. Or
0: onto her son's feet.
2: Or like the
0: place where she... Because with f- all the
1: hymns and hises running around, who knows who's doing what?
2: Yes. And yes. There are no antecedents in this passage. We should probably clarify that real quick. Yeah. So yes. In the Hebrew, there are no antecedents. These are all pronouns.
1: Right. These are all... She just hit he was there and he did it to him and then it was yeah, his <laughs> she foreskin did it on to him. she did it to him and then, and then she put, put his foreskin on his feet. Yes. Like yes. who is him? I don't know.
0: That's
1: <laughs> there are books where scholars argue about this.
0: They argue with themselves about it. They they do. So we, we there, went,
2: there are no end end there is no end to the number of dissertations that can be written on these verses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we 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 went and uh, kidnapped Jonathan from his office because <laughs> we we're like, hey, you want to talk about this? Because first of all, he said he wanted to come in here for when we uh, talked about inappropriate stuff, and second of all, like, well, when I'm in a room with you two guys, I always feel like the like <laughs> I feel like the the the, uh, the clampets come to town here, but. Uh, John, well, I do John. want to
2: acknowledge the yeah. likelihood that Andy has a better understanding of obscure passages <laughs> of Scripture than I do most of the time. So uh, I do want to acknowledge that. So probably what he has to say about this passage I'm going to pretty much agree with. I
1: don't even know how one would judge such a thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, we've had lots of conversations, Andy, and you've you've been aware of some things that I didn't know was going on in the text. And so, uh, so, but yeah. You
1: know what that reminds me of though? So, Cutting so. off the pieces of people's junk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Cuz so, that was, believe it or not, what we were talking
1: about before this.
0: All right, well let's uh let's go ahead and slice this up and figure out how it goes. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> Look,
1: it's a complex passage. There's a lot of ways you could cut it. <laughs>
2: Okay, so, well, the issues at hand are obviously circumcision is one of the issues at hand here, right? Mm-hmm. Quite, I'd say that's pretty much the only that's thing that's absolutely thing. true. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we honestly, I mean, you read one commentary, and they, any, any commentary you read will also tell you we're not even really sure this is God. Right. This yeah. could be another God who shows up. And uh, so we don't even really know. The text is not clear that this, it, the text that was super clear what God this was talking to Moses a moment ago. By giving you his name, is very unclear here, and so, you know, then you run into the issue that maybe this comes from a different, a different recording of the Book of Exodus than does the passage we just heard about too, which mixes in even more yeah, craziness. We,
0: we can talk about source criticism, but let's not. Well, was it, what, what, so so you're saying this could be like. This would be, like, Joshua going back and, like, saying, oh, yeah, just adding, like, a little, like, parenthetical. Like, Moses told me this story. This is a really sick story. And, like, he got, like, he got so excited writing it down that he wrote it badly. Um. Yeah, so I, okay, that's interesting, like, the idea that it, it like. I do think it was God. It does say
2: Yahweh in here. Oh, does it? Yeah. All right. And he found a Yahweh. <laughs>
0: That's good. No, that's good.
1: <laughs> the implication I didn't know him before is somewhat hurtful.
0: <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, well um, gone, but I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him. <laughs> yeah,
1: but, but to what you were saying, yeah, like the only thing that's definitely clear is that this is somehow related to circumcision. Because you've got, for some reason, God is trying to kill somebody.
0: hmm
1: Although, for some reason, he's trying to kill him in a very slow and arduous process because Zipporah has time to notice and then do something about it. Mm-hmm which is a little odd for God killing people. Yeah, the, but, the, the whole thing's weird, man. Like, and then there's things getting cut off. Like, yeah, like the only thing we know is when Zipporah circumcises her son and possibly also had to touch someone's quote-unquote feet with it and maybe had to say something, that part's unclear, at that point God left him alone. It's like So some, somewhere in that process fixed the problem. And the only obvious thing to look at is circumcision, and that's honestly what everybody yeah. thought it was. Well, so, no,
2: yeah, there's no, there's no question. There's no question. This passage yeah. is about circumcision. And there's there's also no question that Moses' child was not circumcised, mm-hmm. which it was, at least as far as later tradition goes. It was later than that should have happened. So there was a degree of, at least, hand me down disobedience here, if not. Intentional disobedience, or at least overlooking of God's expectations for him.
1: Interestingly, some of the later rabbis will say that um, Jethro wouldn't let him. Ah, interesting. And that's why he wasn't circumcised. But yeah, for one reason or another, the kid's so not circumcised. Is this circumcised. really
2: a? Is this really a lesson about father-in-laws? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Is this really an in-laws lesson? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> if you're listening,
1: I'm not saying that. <laughs>
0: Well, the, the, uh, the bit of commentary that I dipped into, it, it, it referenced back to the idea that uh, when, when God was telling Abraham, you're going to do this, and it's going to be important, and anybody who doesn't do this among your people will be cut off. And I remember reading that last season and laughing at the um, at the pun um, there. Yeah. And so, uh, again, like it, it looked like Moses was about to get cut off because he didn't do the cutting off. Or maybe his son. Or maybe his son was about to get cut off, yeah, because yeah. the again, yeah, he's A bunch hills. of hymns, yeah, yes.
2: yeah. Now I will tell you the thing that kind of jumped in my head when I read it um, is First Corinthians 11, where Paul is talking about Lord's Supper, and the Corinthian church is not properly taking the Lord's Supper. And in verse 30, he says, "This is why many are sick and ill among you, and many have fallen asleep." As he's talking about the Lord's Supper and saying, "Hey, you need to do this the right way," he's talking about worship and worshiping the right way. And so I think they're definitely. I don't know. I don't know how how straight I would draw a line between those two passages, but I think they both reflect the significance of worship the right way. You know, we, in in 21st century America, we like to say, I'm going to worship the way yeah. I want to worship. However, whatever feels right to me. Whatever feels right to me is how I'm going to worship, by myself, with other people, um, Even dunking, no dunking. <laughs> yeah. Guitars, organs, dunking, no dunking. Um, a, a segregated integrated, whatever we want to, we, we say, hey, I want to worship my way because I'm an American and I want to do things to my preference. And I think that's, I think that is one important takeaway. I think we can absolutely say worship is important to God and worship the right
0: way. Yeah. I mean, remember it's what Jesus said to God. the woman at the well, you'll someday worship in comfort and in truth. <laughs> wait.
2: <laughs> Wait a second. That's not right. Well, that, that is a favorite verse, though, for Americans to quote. <laughs> that's true. As they as they tell tell you why you're worshiping the wrong way. Say one <laughs> thing.
1: I noticed that I don't actually have an answer for how it's related, but the verse right before this, God is telling Moses about bringing his people out of Egypt, and he says, "Okay, tell Pharaoh, let my yes. son go. If you refuse, I'll kill your firstborn son." And the very next verse is about Moses' firstborn son, yes, potentially dying. Yes. It's like, I'm like, there's definitely some sort of relationship there. What Love, is exactly does yeah. that mean? Well, I don't know. Let's but- draw
2: Let's draw another parallel. There's blood in bo- involved both places, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't think that's coincidental. Yeah.
1: And that's, so there's definitely, well, definitely. Anytime I say definitely, don't listen to it. But there's probably something, there's probably something to like the blood of some sort of obedience to God being dabbed or smeared on something is what saves the firstborn like that's what's going on here and if you're not like having flashbacks or i guess at this point flash forwards to passover like you should be
2: well and it was i mean in a big piece of passover is worship the right way yeah I mean, god gave them very particular instructions about how to do it mm-hmm. and which of course then points us straight to jesus that line we can draw yeah very directly to jesus very directly
1: Shockingly, he didn't
2: come on Yom Kippur. He came on Passover. It's weird. Correct. That's why Lamb of God and not Goat of God.
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. The the Azazel arguments we'd be having if he'd done you. All right. We need need to edit that part out. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to go, by the way, because I have a meeting
0: that starts in five minutes. All right, man. So we'll we'll close it out here. Get out of here, man. So we uh, well the, the the last thought that happens in this in this chapter is the uh, it's it's Moses getting to the people there it's uh, it's Aaron gets to Moses God God specifically calls Aaron out and Aaron gets to him and he's he's got all the buy and then they get to the elders they assemble all the elders uh, from the, the the nation of Israel from the, the sons of Israel my def, my uh, translation says. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. And then he performed on the signs in the sight of the people. So the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord uh, was concerned about the sons of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed low and worshipped. And, so <clears throat> uh, and so we and we, so we actually end this uh, this chapter and this thought here in uh, Exodus. Uh, close, the, close the curtain on this part of the story. Uh, Worshipping, like we've been talking about now for the last couple of minutes here about how this this actually points to the idea that there's a there's a right way there's a wrong way and that god has a preference uh and there's a there's a, there's a a consequence of that preference being uh being being violated on the way on the way back home but yeah i was thinking as we were sitting here sitting here talking that it's possible that moses would have shared that story too when they got to the elders when they're talking with them and saying you know i was i was you know I, the, my, my son wasn't wasn't circumcised and it almost cost one of us our lives and then when we performed the circumcision the person who was at risk of dying was no longer at risk of dying which for me almost is, is as just as important a, a sign as the, the snake stick and the the leper hand to <clears throat> to point out like no this is this is the god that values uh the the signs that he's preferred
2: yeah, so what does that say about our obedience in worship?
0: Well, shucks, I mean, it it, it means that we need to. Like, yeah, I referenced the the Spirit and Truth uh, verse earlier, but I mean, I, that's that's for me is one of the most most important operating verses that I have, because the the first time that that woman at the well had a suspicion that she was talking to someone who knew something about the heart of God, her first question was. It, it was either, hey, I want to fight you about which one of us is right, or it was, I've always wondered, how do we actually worship? And his answer was, you're going to worship the right way.
2: Well, and, and the other important reality here that I think you touched on is our obedient worship is a sign of God's, of the reality of our God and his commands to us. Yeah, And, and we... You know, so often in 21st century America, we're about doing our thing. And when we think about God, the signs to the people around us that God is for real. We think about people being healed. We think about uh, people, uh, we, we think about dramatic, we think about dramatic signs and miracles. And throughout scripture, what we find is that our obedient worship Is the thing that whether it's the obedient worship of Israel in the Old Testament, the obedient worship of Abram of Abram or Abraham, or the obedient worship of Moses, um, whatever our obedient worship is, a sign to the people around us that our God is for real. We don't we don't need him most of the time doing other things. Um, Are we allowed to quote John Piper? Absolutely. Yeah. So John Piper, uh, you know, he's not everybody thinks he's cool to quote right now. <laughs> um, but uh, John Piper, uh, one time I got to hear him speak and he said, you know, a lot of times we think, man, God, if you would just heal this person that I care about, I could go tell everybody about how you healed this person and they would believe in Christ. And he said, what we don't realize is a lot of times the people in our lives then look back at us and think to themselves, they don't ever voice this, but they think to themselves, yeah, if I prayed for my uncle and God healed him, I would believe in him too. When what's really happening oftentimes when we pray is we are praying for God to save this person's life we care about and him choosing not to do that and us remaining faithful in the midst of God choosing not to do the thing we've asked him to do is a sign of who our God is and our faith in him and will bring people to faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and so mm-hmm. we, we so often play down the value of, of worship of just, man, you get out of bed every Sunday morning, to go to church. Why? Because I believe my God is for real and my savior is risen. And so I show up on Sunday morning when all the other people who believe he's risen show up together. And we remember that. And the people around us look at us and roll their eyes and go, you're crazy. Until they really need something to believe in, and then they understand that this thing that we have come to believe has value to us, and maybe that value could be valuable to them. And so I think that just the fact that you brought up of obedient worship to these people is the sign that God has sent Moses. I, I think that's
0: I think that's a great point to make here. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why the why the story is included in there, even with its frustrating uh, exclusions of other details that would otherwise make us uh, 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 make us content with some things. But I think, uh, yeah, I, I think we if we content ourselves with uh, with the point rather than than all the, all the full facts, I think it's actually a better way to better way to study the Bible. Um, but we uh, <clears throat> we we were talking the other day about. About the idea that obscure passages may actually be some of the most important things that you will ever study uh, in, in Scripture. And so uh, <clears throat> I was excited about this because, I mean, like, uh, much of our audience will have heard the, 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 the stuttering excuse for Moses a uh, hundred times. And a, a lot of our audience will, will know that there was a burning bush in the desert um, but these obscure ideas, I think, actually are, are really important, and they add that texture to why this actually points to the Christ and not just, you know, why this gave Charlton Heston a good movie to make back in the <laughs> whatever decade that was. So. But I think we're out of time. I think we all got to get back to our day jobs here. Andy has already actually fled the closet so that he could go back and do whatever uh, big brain smart stuff that he does. And... Uh, and so we we're going we're going we're gonna to sign off here this is the uh, Unimposter's podcast I'm Damian I'm Jonathan and uh, we will catch you guys next time